Startup exits are the most sought after events in Silicon Valley, but very few people get to experience them. Welcome to the Startup Exits podcast, where we chat with founders that started, ran, and sold a tech company to learn about how it all went down. This podcast is brought to you by Startup Soft. Hey, everybody, this is your host, Andrew Vasilik, and you're listening to Startup Exits, where we chat with founders that started, ran, and sold a tech company to learn about how it all went down. And today I'm joined by Ben Antier, who is a founder of a company called Publica. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks, Andrew. Publica is an advertising platform for internet-connected TVs. Uh, that's pretty much the, the simplest way uh, that I could put it. The company was founded in 2016, so five years ago, and it was sold to Integral Ad Sciences, which is a public company for roughly 220 million this year. So five years after starting, you guys exited. So roughly 15, 50 million uh, per year in value creation, which is just a crazy outcome. Um, but I want to start off with the early stages of the company. So prior to starting Publica, you were, um, you were with Dailymotion. Uh, that's where you met your, one of your co-founders, uh, Cedric, who was the CEO of the company at that time. Uh, Dailymotion is uh, in some ways, I think, a competitor of YouTube. Um, after leaving Dailymotion, what made you want to start a company? Yeah, so um, Dailymotion is a video advertising platform. And when I was there, I was in charge of the advertising product. So I started to try to understand how does free content make its way to everybody in the world through the internet? And a lot of that answer is advertising. So how does advertising work? How can you know billions of people consume content um, that are that is funded by by ads? And so I started diving deep into that. Um, and I also always had the urge in me to create a company um, from a very young age. Um, I, I was always fascinated by the idea of converting you know an idea on paper to um, a project that people can can um, back and that can then take a life of its own. I think that's one of the most fascinating things about entrepreneurship is um, when you're you're lucky enough to see your idea take a life of its own and and become a reality for for hundreds, thousands or millions of people. Um, so when I was at Daily Motion, Cedric and I had a number of conversations about, you know, what are the problems in, in online advertising today? What are the opportunities? And we, you know, had a few few ideas. We met our co-founder Naban, who uh, became CTO, and we really started working on um, a little bit of a Trojan horse strategy, which was um, bringing very custom products to customers to publishers we knew we wanted to work for the publishers in the space so that's all the websites that you know and um all the you know tv channels that you might watch mm -hmm. um and by doing so we learned a lot and um eventually uh, decided that what we wanted to do was uh build um, a connected tv ad server which is the piece of technology you need to deliver ads in a in a connected tv environment i'm sure we'll, we'll talk a lot more about that but that's a little bit of a you know background on the the initial story of publica so i, I like the way uh, that you explained that essentially advertising 
I think in some ways people view advertising as kind of a negative thing, um, but advertising really allows us to have free things. Um, you mentioned that you guys targeted the connected TV space. Uh, I think a lot of people know what are smart TVs, but what are connected TVs? Yeah, so connected TV is a, a term that um, has become popular in recent years and encompasses a few things. Um, so what you call smart TVs, the TV that connects to the internet, right? So that's the, the number one, um, uh, let's say, definition for, for a connected TV. So Samsung, LG, Vizio, all these TVs today can connect directly to your Wi-Fi and you can stream content through them. Um, but also in connected TV or in, on, in what uh, some people call over-the-top OTT, we include a few other types of devices. So you've got the um, devices that you plug into your TV that then connect to the internet. So Roku, a Fire Stick, Apple TV, those are also uh, also make your TV connected. Um, so, so we tend to call them connected TVs. And then you have um, set-top boxes. So that's more traditional um, devices um, that will also help you connect to the internet um, and, and stream content. And lastly, you have the, the game consoles. So like PlayStation 5, for example, where you can also connect to the internet and stream content. So it's really a, an overarching term that includes a TV that is in some way connected to the internet. Um, so you guys come from a background of advertising and ad tech. Uh, why go after connected TVs in particular? So we came to the conclusion that connected TVs were about to take off. And let, let me explain that. So TV consumption, particularly in the United States, you know, we're, we're based in San Francisco, California. You know, our, our market is the U.S. And TV consumption is... Um, higher here than in any other country in the world. Um, and the amount of media spent in, the, in, in TV is absolutely massive. So um, it's over $70 billion each year in, in ad spend on television. Now, the trend that we've been noticing for a few years is that TV watchers are cutting the cord. They're, they're moving away from traditional cable subscriptions, which are very expensive, and onto these connected devices. And they're doing so in massive numbers. So today, more than um, 50% of viewership is happening on connected TVs. However, the overall ad spending on connected TVs is less than 10% of the total TV spend. So it's quite fascinating because it's a, it's a viewer-driven revolution, right? It's people that are deciding to adopt these new devices but advertisers haven't been able to follow as quickly. And so that's why there's a huge need for technology to enable that. That's really the problem is that there's just no technology or there was no technology to buy connected TV inventory at scale. And so that's, that's the opportunity we found. And um, you know, I think we entered the market at the right time. And today, you know, everybody understands that um, all TV watching is gonna happen over the internet at some point. Um, and, and, you know, a company like Publica is one of the leaders in the space because we've been building technology for this particular medium um, for five years now. And just to clarify, when you say connected TVs, are we talking only about TVs or does this encompass all 
really any sort of TV slash long-term media streaming over the internet, like, for example, viewed on a laptop? Or is it only strictly TVs? So the, the core of our business is connected television, right? And our clients, maybe I can, I can tell you a little bit about, about our clients. I think it'll help you um, understand things a little bit better. So they're really, so they're what we call publishers, but they really break down into a few different types. We've got the device manufacturers like Samsung, which is mm -hmm. actually our, one of our largest clients who own a percentage of the ad inventory on their TV. So whenever you have a piece of, you know, you're watching a show on a Samsung TV, in most cases, Samsung has the right to monetize um, a, a few slots with, of, of ads within um, the show you're watching. So we provide technology to them. We also provide technology to what we call virtual MVPDs. So those are um, the channels, the, the, the apps that aggregate hundreds of different channels. So you can think of mm -hmm. um, Zumo, you can think of um, Pluto, you, there's um, Tubi, Philo, Crackle. So all the Hulu is one of the most popular ones, um, YouTube TV. So all these companies that aggregate a lot of different channels. So we also provide our technology to some of those companies. And then you've got the broadcasters themselves. So um, companies like Fox, Major League Baseball, so all, all of those companies, AMC, that, that own the, the actual, that are the, what we call programmers. Um, so about today for public, about 95% of the ads that we deliver are on actual connected TVs. So one of the four types I described between you know, smart TVs, set-top boxes, game consoles, um, and connected devices. Um, the rest is happening on device and, and mobile phones. So if on, on desktop and mobile phone. So if it also includes if you're watching a baseball game on your desktop, Publica might be involved in the delivery of an ad. Um, but it still represents a very small percentage of our total consumption because we're really heavily focused on connected TVs. So the target audience is essentially anybody that has slots within the content for ads. So anything from TV manufacturers to developers that create the apps on the TV, where exactly are these ads shown? Like Netflix, for example, they don't show ads. And I would imagine all the other premium paid streaming services. I only have Netflix, so I don't know about the other ones. But I would imagine they don't show ads. You're probably not showing ads within cable because that's linear TV. So where exactly and which kind of apps are these ads shown? Yeah, so we serve ads in any of the environments I described that are ad supported, right? So obviously some a place like Netflix that doesn't have ads, we wouldn't be involved in, but anywhere else when you're watching, you know, live sports on a connected TV, for example, there's ad breaks, right? So that would be eligible um, for, for Publica to, to be involved. Or if you're watching, you know, a, a show on Hulu or, you know, any, anywhere, where content is consumed that is ad supported, there's a piece of technology like Publica that is being used to deliver ads. Mm -hmm. ads. And the unique thing about what we're doing is we took the approach of that we call programmatic first. So we basically took everything we learned from ad delivery on the web and we applied it to the TV environment. And so what that means is instead of having directly sold campaigns between advertisers and publishers, 
we go through a programmatic auction. So today we have 35 different programmatic platforms that are connected to Publica. And in real time, in under one second, we're able to run an auction to figure out who has the best price to add for this particular spot. And obviously, we can do targeting down to the device level. So everybody that's watching the same show will not get the same ad, right? That same as um, same experience that you get on the internet. Two people that go on the same website in different places won't get the same ads. But we're doing the same thing here. And what that does is it allows advertisers to do much more granular targeting and as a result, improve the return on investment of their ad campaigns. And for the publisher, it means that they get much better pricing because instead of selling a global audience, you can now sell audience segments or contextual segments or time of day or any or geolocation segments. So you can really start to get really granular into who's watching and um, how you monetize them. So that's that's really what, what was the game changer for for Publico is bringing the concept of um, digital advertising to the TV world. Were you guys uh, the ones that pioneered this concept when you started out in 2016? What was the, what was the TV advertising space like? Was it um, more similar to what you would expect from an, a billboard outside where it's like spray and pray with very minimal analytics? Or was it more similar to like you described it, today's modern digital marketing where you have very granular um, understanding of the target audience, deep analytics. What was it like in 2016? Yeah, so in 2016, it was pretty much all direct, what we call direct sold. So it means um, there's a, a, a certain time of year where um, programmers sell the inventory that's going to be available later in the year. And that time is called the upfront. And so during that time, you're going to be able to say, for example, um, you know, I'm CBS, I'm going to be showing the Super Bowl, who wants to run an ad during halftime, and you, you sell that um, ahead of time. Um, at the time, in, in 2016, a publisher like CBS had maybe at any given time, 200 different ad campaigns running, which is a lot, right? Because it means you have to have salespeople that are going finalize, you know, closing these sales and then trafficking the campaigns, making sure they're running uh, on time when, and hitting the right volumes and all of that. Today, to give you an idea, we have 350,000 different advertisers running at any given time on our platform. And so what that means is we've opened it up to a lot more advertisers, a lot of local advertisers, and a lot of advertisers that historically were were not getting involved in, in the TV space and selling it programmatically. So hmm. when we started, the way publishers monetized was essentially just these direct campaigns. Then they brought in maybe one programmatic partner to start selling programmatically. And where Publica really changed the game is by saying, you don't need to work with just one programmatic partner. You can work with all of them and put them in competition with each other. And that's where it really created a, a, a very dynamic auction um, and therefore creates way more revenue for the publishers. Interesting. So does that mean if you and I are watching the same uh, sports game stream online, and this is an ad-supported game stream, uh, sports stream, are we going to see different ads? Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I always wondered is when you have live sports and on the sidelines you have 
like the physical ads, the sort of billboards. Like for example, if you watch the World Cup, you have all the mm-hmm. sponsors and all the different um, on TV, on screen ads during the game. Um, is there? I'm assuming those are um, are are linear. They're static for everybody. Is there? Is there any uh, potential to have those programmatic in a sense as well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's actually one of the innovations we worked on last year um, is the ability to sell those units programmatically. So what it, what you need in order to do that is some type of marker that indicates that there's an ad placement coming up within the feed. And then you need to have the technology to be able to insert a, a targeted ad on the fly without creating latency and and to deliver that to you know potentially millions of viewers so in connected tv it's still very early days but that's a format that's getting a lot of attention right now and um, i think it's going to become very popular in the next few years today there's only a few advertisers that start to dabble into it um, and a lot of these placements are, are still sold directly but as we go there's going to be a lot more consumption of of, of these formats so you guys are pioneers and I think in many ways the leaders in the space. Um, five years into the company, you were acquired by uh, Integral Ad Sciences, 220 million exit. Um, how did you guys meet the acquirer? Can you speak a little bit more about the, the acquisition itself? Sure. So they've, IES, um, Integral Ad Science has been a, a partner for a long time. We worked with them on a number of, of different um, solutions when it comes to measurement and connected TV. So their business is measurement and verification. So they sell technology to advertisers that enable their clients to measure how effective their ad campaigns are, to put it simply. So was the ad campaign actually viewed by the end user? How much of the ad was viewed? Was the sound on or off? Um, what kind of content did it run against? All of this, uh, those are the, the type of metrics that IAS brings to the buy side. Um, and we started working with them on how do they collect these signals in connected TVs because the, the rules really change when you're in a TV environment compared to a mobile or a web environment. So we've been partnering with them for a long time. And through that partnership, it became obvious that we had very complementary businesses. We focus on the sell side, they focus on the buy side. But at the same time, we had a lot of um, similar positioning. For example, we're perfectly independent. We aren't involved in the actual buying and selling of media. We both sell technology to players. So we sell technology to to the publishers, they sell technology to the buyers. But we're never involved in the actual transaction of the media. We're not buying or selling the media ourselves. And that's very important because by being independent, you can truly serve your customers. And a lot of our competitors are are in in a very different position where they're biased towards their own demand. So if they're if they're bringing in an ad campaign and they're making, you know, 20% 20% margins on this campaign, they have an incentive to make sure that that ad campaign gets delivered. Um, at Publica and IS, we absolutely don't have any incentive to deliver any campaign. Our goal is to deliver the best experience to our customers, right? And so that's that was you know what made it very obvious that um, we could bring the two businesses together and really create more transparency transparency into this ecosystem, get advertisers and publishers to talk to each other um, without 
influencing you know who's buying and who's selling so um that's that's why the i think the the acquisitions came obvious and um yeah we're we're just very very excited with with the outcome and we think there's so much ahead for for our company um because we now have this very unique positioning and you're you're a part of the choir now right yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm 100% and I'm I'm um remaining CEO of Publica. I report to the Lisa Uchneider, the CEO of IAS. So we're keeping the brands completely independent, you know, the teams are are staying um separated and when we're we're working on on our businesses separately, but of course we're um starting to think about joint product roadmaps and and um doing things that help both sides of the industries how much did covid and the everybody staying at home consuming a lot of content uh impact the exit or maybe your business in general over the past year or so so for for us and for anybody in the connected TV space, um, COVID was a an accelerating factor, right? Yeah, people I could imagine. Were watching, yeah, people were watching more TV, um, so you know it was um, it, it certainly accelerated the trends. It it didn't. It's not it's not a new trend, right? People were switching to connected TVs before COVID, but it accelerated that trend. And advertisers as a result were forced to accelerate the way they consider, you know, connected TV because as as more and more viewers shift to that those devices, they have to have a strategy in place to to be able to reach them. So it's been uh, you know, it's had a positive impact on on our business. Um and in terms of how it's impacted the, the you know, the the acquisition, it's I mean, from a valuation standpoint, it's all about growth, right? How quickly is your business growing? Yep. So the fact that our business is growing massively, um, not only with our existing publishers, but also because we're closing more and more clients, um, you know, all that certainly contributed to to um, to, to a great outcome. Um, and you know, for IAS, they they went public over the summer, so they they absolutely also served the same wave of growth at a at a different scale, obviously. Um, but that's, yeah, that's been positive. And, and I, you know, I think it's, uh, this deal would have been done no matter what, but the Mm -hmm. fact that we were both in hyper growth mode, um, both public and IAS certainly helped make the deal happen. Yeah. So one of the, from a statistical standpoint, one of the biggest factors in the success of a startup is timing. Uh, the downside is you can't really influence that you can't control well, it's 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 really an external factor, but it seems like in this case timing has really played out well, both for you and the acquirer as well. Um, so I want to switch off kind of the the, the last uh, few questions that I have more forward thinking, um, in regards to the ad tech space in general, as well as well as TV advertising and maybe television in general. Um, do you foresee advertising for connected TVs uh, becoming as central? to businesses, especially the small businesses as web and mobile advertising is today? Absolutely. So I think TV advertising is going to become the center point of any marketing campaign in the future. And there's a few reasons for that. Um, First of all, we have shown that TV advertising can be done um, based on audiences. People-based TV advertising is a reality today. 
And the reason why social media has been such a, so appealing to advertisers is exactly because they're able to target people, right? Real people when you're running a Facebook campaign. Now, what we're doing here in CTV is we're giving that same capability to advertisers, but on the most premium of screens in the household. So if an advertiser has the choice to run on a news feed or at the halftime of a, a you know a sports event, I think it's very easy to understand where they're going to invest their money, right? Mm -hmm. So we're giving similar capabilities in a much more premium context. And as a result, a lot of advertisers are going to be able to enter the this space. We're also limiting the barriers to entry through programmatic advertising. So you don't have to spend millions of dollars to buy a TV spot today. You can get started with much lower budgets. Um, and that's going to continue to evolve in that direction. And lastly, as you know, there's a lot of um, headwinds in digital today around identity, whether it's cookies going away on web, whether it's the um, Apple privacy frameworks and, and, and all, all, all of that shows that it's becoming harder and harder to target audiences in digital. Um, but the great thing about a TV from a targeting standpoint is it's, it stays in the household, right? So you're able to use that as the the center of what we call a household graph. So you're able to link other devices to the TV. And as a result, you can use the TV as the central point for your campaign and then use other touch points to reemphasize your message as an advertiser. So if you've seen an ad for an insurance uh, company you know, on, on, a, on um, a TV, then you can um, follow that add with another ad on a mobile phone at some some other point in the day for example and you can also control frequency so that you're not bombarding people with the same ad you know over and over again and instead be way more precise in the way you approach the the the, the marketing campaign so i think it, there's no doubt that connected tv is going to become the the central point of, of any ad campaign and um and as a result it's going to Ultimately, it's going to benefit the viewer in the sense that the more ad budgets flow to this new device, the better the, the streaming options are going to become. So you're going to have cheaper prices, better content available anywhere, anytime. And, and you know, that's what viewers are asking for. So I think it's, it's certainly going in the right direction. You mentioned that uh, lowering barriers of entry for TV advertising, CTV advertising. Um, do you think that we will get to a place um, where the barriers to entry for connected TV advertising, I think maybe at that point it is going to be called TV advertising, uh, will be Absolutely. so low that it will be applicable to small businesses and startups? Like, for example, if I, if I want to launch a socks company now, I can spend, you know, $1,000, $2,000 on Instagram and Facebook ads today and have a rough idea of whether or not, you know, people like my socks and maybe get a few sales in. Um, do you think the same will be true for TV advertising in a couple of years' time? Yes, I do. That's, uh, that's my bet for the future, is that you're going to be able to run a, a $1,000 ad campaign for socks on, on your TV. Um, and, and I think the outcomes are going to exceed the ones that you're getting today in, in news feeds and, and social media. So it seems like uh, from a content and TV perspective, there's a lot more um, like content creation has shifted from professionals to 
um, quote-unquote amateurs or anybody that has a phone. Seems like advertising is going the same way with uh, what Publica is doing uh, in this space, as well as um, do you do you think that the creation of ads themselves are going to switch more from like high budget um, professional ads? And I think we're seeing a shift already with user generated content. But do you think the shift is going to become more and more so uh, towards user generated ads and kind of amateur, low budget type of ads versus? professional ads especially in the space where uh, small businesses can advertise on the big screen in the future so i think there's it's certainly going to become you know it is becoming easier to produce very high quality content um, with lower budgets um, i don't think we're going to see low quality ads enter the space um, i mean today in television there are some low quality ads right when you see some dealership ads or some you know telemarketer ads for for random products there there are some these ad types exist but i think we're going to follow more if if you see how the the youtube advertising ecosystem is working there's you know there's a lot of smaller companies entering but with very high quality advertising content right that's specifically designed for the youtube platform Mm -hmm. um i think it's going to be the exact same thing for connected tv you touched on this um, briefly. You mentioned some of the headwinds that the web and mobile advertising world is facing today, uh, specifically around cookies. And I read an interview where you mentioned this as well about the post-cookie world. Um, mm-hmm. For those that are not really like in, in this industry, are cookies really on their way out? Yeah, absolutely. And they they've already been greatly reduced on a number of browsers um, like Safari, Firefox. Um, so what's what's going away is what we call third-party cookies. So that's the ability for a third party to track what's happening on a website that they don't own, right? So it's, it's a very positive trend for the, the users, right? You, it's gonna get, you know, the big problem that everybody complains about is, being retargeted by ads, you know, you buy a bike and then you start seeing bikes everywhere on the internet after you've already purchased your bike, things like that. That's getting rid of cookies will get rid of, of that problem. So it's it's great for privacy. It's great for users. And it means that, you know, publishers and advertisers have to start thinking about how are they going to continue to um, deliver valuable messages to their audiences um and you know how to how to do that technically there's there's a number of solutions a lot of people are betting on contextual taking over and i personally think that it's going to be about leveraging the you know the the devices where you can do proper audience targeting as the entry point and then um using a household graph to tailor your your follow-on messages so i, I think it's um uh, it's a positive trend for the, the industry and um you know, it's all about adapting. I mean, you have to keep evolving. You have to listen to what users want. And, um, and, I, and I think that's a good thing. So if not for cookies, um, I think everybody kind of has a layman's understanding of how cookies work. How will companies in the future be able to have granular targeting over their audiences? Maybe let's focus within the specific context of advertising on connected TVs. Yeah, so on connected TVs, there's, two 
IDs that are being used. There's the, the TV's device ID, right? Um, and then there's um, the IP address. So um, by using those, you're able to um, identify a device. And then from there, you can, obviously you don't know who the person is. You don't know where they live. You know, you're, you're, you're keeping it completely uh, anonymous, but you're able to, to target right you're, you're able to target people and then with great machine learning and you know the the, the scale of, of of ads that we deliver we're able to deduce things from from you know watching habits mm-hmm. um and from all sorts of other identifiers so that's how you're able to recreate audience targeting is by combining precise identifiers that are persistent with very large amounts of data points that you can analyze and, and run ML models on. Interesting. So do, do you think uh, through this method, we will be able to have the same result, the end result of being able to segment audiences and uh, serve um, ads that are highly relevant to the people watching without using the method of third-party cookies following a person across all the websites or all the links and apps they open and visit. Um, do you think we're going to be able to get to the same granular level of segmentation using this method? Essentially, I think what you're saying is, you know, you'll be able to use, if somebody's watching the same ad um, three times and they have the same high level of engagement, let's say somebody's selling, I don't know, socks, there's a very high chance that this person is probably interested in socks. So it makes sense to show them, you know, maybe other socks, uh, advertisements or other apparel advertisements within the specific category. Do you think we'll be able to get to the same level of targeting through this kind of method versus what we have with cookies today? Yeah, we're already able to get to to it, right? It's, it, it already exists today at Publica. You're able to bring in third-party audience segments. So you can, for example, look for... Um, a household that's currently looking to buy a Toyota, right? And that's an audience segment that you can target. So if you're, um, you know, if you're Toyota, you can you can target based on that information. That's all based on the fact that you're able to link different data sets with one another. So we can we can absolutely do that already. Um, and I think what's important is that we're doing it in a very privacy compliant way, right? So we hmm. never want to. Um, risk anything where you know the user's um, identity is is being revealed or anything like that. So it's a, it's a very it, the great thing about connected TV is it's a closed ecosystem. So you can't just you know run code and collect all the information that you want to collect. It's all handled server side. So it's based on very you know anonymized identifiers, but you're still able to link all sorts of data sets to it and do very precise targeting which is why the ROI on connected TV campaigns is much higher than on traditional TV, for example. It's quite fascinating. That you, I mean, you're getting pretty much the, the same result as you would, uh, but without, as you would do running modern digital marketing campaigns, but without all the privacy issues. Um, so you've, you've done big companies, uh, Dailymotion, you've done a startup, Publica, you're now a part of a a public company, where do you see yourself in the future? Do you, would you want to start another company? Would you want to stick around with a, with a larger company? Where do you see yourself, your career going in the future? Yeah, well, I think we just have so much to do still here with Publica and IAS. Um, 
you know, one of our, my big focuses is replicating the success we've had in the U.S. Um, internationally. So I definitely intend to to see this vision through and to, you know, I, th- I think viewers across the world are starting to realize that you can access very high quality content through a connected TV and, you know, manufacturers are heavily investing in that. So we're, we're very confident that this is just the beginning. So my goal is to continue to build the best technology that um, exists in order to, to run a streaming business on any device. Today it's connected TVs and who knows what it will be, you know, in 20, 30 years, but um, we want to build the foundations to make um, the the ecosystem thrive. So we want you know publishers to be able to m- generate a fair share of revenue, which uh, is going to allow them to invest in better content. We want viewers to have an exceptional viewing experience so that they're coming back for more and to un- to to be re- have their privacy be respected. Um, and, and we want that to be done in a very transparent way. And we want advertisers to be able to have, you know, efficient results um, when they run campaigns. So that's what I'm focused on. Um, and who knows what the future is made of. But, but for now, there's still a, a, a long road ahead to, to bring this vision to, to reality um, into the world. So that, that's, that's what I'm doing. Awesome. So it seems like you and Publica, the entire team have done fantastic work over the past five years. And Interesting to see how the next five play out as part of um, IAS. Uh, where can people find you? Are you on Twitter or LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter, but maybe LinkedIn is, is the, the one I check most. So yeah, feel free to you know, look for me on, on LinkedIn, Benjamin Antier, and um, shoot me a note. I'm always interested in, in talking to entrepreneurs or if you're interested in, um, in the ad tech and, and connected television, we, we should chat. Awesome. We'll, we will be sure to add the links in the show notes. Uh, ben, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and share it with your friends. Also tag a founder you'd like to see on the show. This podcast is brought to you by Startup Soft. To learn more, visit startupsoft.org.